Hello, everyone, and welcome to Basketball Brains. Your guys are back. This is now the third pod, our third episode. Very excited about it. Got my man Mike with me. Say what's up, Mike. Basketball is back. Like, for real this time. Because Billy was talking about, oh, it's preseason. Oh, this, that, and the other don't count. Now it counts, so we can really talk Bro, about it. Is essentially, it was essentially back, though. Like it was, it, back. Back. it was back, but it wasn't back. But, like, you're it's right. Like now, it is, now it's, like, for real, for real back. Like, okay. But once you got the basketball brains, you knew basketball was back. Oh, yeah, that's facts, man. Because we, we really going to give you all some, some insight on this week's opening week. Um, we got a lot to talk about. But, but first, we have breaking news happen tonight. Um, when we're recording this, you know, you're probably going to listen to it on Friday, but when it drops, but, uh, breaking news this Thursday night, DeAndre Ayton will be suspended 25 games for performance enhancing drug use. Um, but he actually wasn't found with, um, an actual performance enhancement drug. He was actually found with a drug that is used to mask other performance enhancing drugs and he will also have to forfeit 2.17 million dollars over his 25 game suspension and he does apologize to the organization and his teammates and uh his fans um and he so quote unquote says that this was an unintentional mistake and unfortunately he put himself he put something in his body that he was completely unaware of um I feel like this is a little weird. I feel like DeAndre knew that he kind of like messed up and that, and then he tried to hide it and clearly did a poor job of trying to hide it and got caught anyway. So just, just, just bad by him. Poor. Uh, you're kind of too old for this, but it is, I will say this, this is kind of rough for these athletes because they put a lot of things on this list and they change these lists a lot, but the NBA and all these different uh, um, sports leagues do do a phenomenal job of you know telling these players about changes and making it known and notifying them when uh changes are made what you feel about it mike i mean anytime especially like me being a baseball fan too anytime someone says they didn't know what they put in their body they're lying to you because you know nah, sometimes they don't bro but okay but when you when you're taking a drug that masks peds you know what you're doing <laughs> like, that's not an yeah, action okay. like there's some things that you could take for like like when they take some certain steroids because like you had like an injury and you were recovering like that's different but like right a drug that specifically a specific job is to mask peds like that's not <laughs> that's less of an action to me than someone taking adderall and not knowing it was banned or something you know what i'm saying yeah no no yeah no. but that that's not a good look especially for the suns trying to rebuild rebrand had a good game had a big win uh, against the kings the other day and then he comes out <laughs> and this news breaks uh, that's especially for their second leading score that's tough for them and tough yeah, for but- too. It is, but 25 games, I don't think it's that detrimental. It's only 25 games. Now, that is maybe, what was that? That's like a quarter of a season, close to about 82 games, 25. That, that's a lot. I mean, that, that, that ruins the season before it even started. <laughs> like, it wasn't like they were going to do anything, but there's no hope. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like it's a big effect on that team just because they weren't going to make it into the playoffs either way. Mm-hmm. But – um, it may hurt him down the line, though, when you come back and talk about contract um, negotiations and, right. and you know money. You know, it will affect him there. But yeah. let's move on. Let's dive deep into these games. And 
Um, so, Mike, what's the first thing that we're gonna that we're gonna look at? That we're gonna you gotta talk. Of course, you gotta talk about the same match that we've been talking about all off season. That's everything that everyone's been anticipating. The thing that we think will be the Western Conference Finals. We gotta talk the Battle of L.A. Right. So. Oh yeah, that was phenomenal. And you gotta see Thursday night. I mean Tuesday night. TNT opening the season. Like all eyes on that game. And the Clippers showed up. So, what did you think about that game, Billy? Um. No, I, I'm not gonna lie. Didn't watch the actual game because I was busy and had things to do, but I did see the highlights and I did watch like the elongated, um, or I should say the succinct uh, version of the game. And uh, I will say that I think LeBron played well. I think LeBron played a little too much point guard for my liking, but I think that's also because Rondo's still hurt. Um, but you know, this I think what we really realize is that the Lakers don't have enough. Like, they don't have enough. They need way more shooting. And I know Kuzma's going to come back and definitely make a difference. But even with the addition of Kuzma, it's still not going to be enough scoring at all. Like, they, they're, they're going to need more. And I don't know if AD is going to be able to shoot consistently enough from deep uh, to make up for that for, for their shooting that they need. Look, and, a, and AD did a horrendous job of, his, of shooting outside. And surprisingly, he wasn't even able to play – great and body um uh embody the clippers down low like i was just surprised that you know he couldn't have his way down there so it, it was very frightening to see that the lakers played the way that they did um especially in 80 specifically and i and i do agree that at times i think bron forced the ball to ad and but you know they didn't it's, it was really only them two like they didn't really have anybody else who was stepping up kcp played like crap um, they I don't I don't know why Even they put up him a donut in twenty seven minutes. Well, I don't know how you do that. That's I don't know crazy. how you play twenty seven minutes and do that. I I don't, I really don't know. I don't have any clue. But he found a way to do it. So, um, but you know, it, it's just it's it's troubling to see. But you know what I did see? I saw that man. Oh man, are the Clippers phenomenal and great? And Kawhi is just great. Like. I'm sorry, but we might have to, like, I know this is early, and I know this isn't, like, insane and, like, definitely a radical thought, but Kawhi might be, like, the best player it's not that in the league. It's not that like, insane, bro. People have been thinking about but that. No, 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 but I'm talking about, like, having a run for, the like, run for money against Braun. Like, that's how crazy I think Kawhi, like, Kawhi is so, and I love I love and hate Kawhi. I hate. Well, I love Kawhi now because he's in the West. I only hated Kawhi because he was in the East and you know gave my Sixers trouble. But I love Kawhi because his fundamental basketball. I love fundamental basketball. I love guys that play the game correctly. They don't do all the flashy and finesse stuff. Um, it's it's you know it's not always needed. I like a guy who's going to go out there, play the fundamentals, and use the fundamentals to his his advantage and play well. And I think he's done that and. Right he's made a champion at himself because of it. I mean, to me, that game was very interesting, but I think I, I didn't like having that game opening night. I think it's way too early for both of those teams. Um, I think the Clippers situation is very different. Obviously, they don't have Paul George, but like Reggie Miller was saying during the broadcast, it's very different when you have a team and a structure that's been there and done that, right? Like we see, a, we see all, that was a playoff team last year with Doc Rivers and they gave the Warriors a run for their money without anybody. So the Kawhi and PG thing is more of a kind of a, a plug and play thing kind of thing right now, especially with the fact that 
Paul George is not healthy and hasn't played yet. So it's really just plugging in Kawhi into a system that's already been working with a proven coach and proven players. Um, I think that like Chris Bosch was talking about it with uh, Chris Carter and Nick Wright. And he was talking about how like this, just the adjustment period of not only playing with LeBron, but like being in that environment for, for the first time. Um, I think that it takes a lot of a time. Like you saw that in Miami, Cleveland, everywhere LeBron goes with a new superstar, this takes time for him to adjust. Um, I think to me, LeBron looked a, a, like a step slow yesterday which is something I'm used to saying about LeBron, but I think a lot of it had to do with him trying to learn where AD was going to be, where Danny Green was going to be, trying to run those point guard duties and balance that with also scoring because they didn't have another scoring option, like you said. Um, well, Danny Green stepped up. He had the right. most points in a, in a Laker debut. Uh, he had 27. Right. So, but I'm, that's what I'm saying, or like, 29, I think he, I think he had. Like, you're not going to get that from Danny Green consistently, but imagine, like, when, when your third scorer on a night is Danny Green, like, you can't expect that much from the team performance anyway, right? So I think you bring back Kuzma, and it makes it helps everyone else because that's just less – like, when you can just focus on LeBron and AD, you can kind of take people out the game. But when you have three scores you have to focus on, it spaces the floor so much more. It allows – because the, the Lakers do have shooters. Danny Green can shoot – we made fun of Calvo Pope, but he can on – on a normal night, he's not missing all those shots. Quinn Cook is a good shooter. Uh, Jared Dudley is an okay shooter. Um Avery no, Bradley, hell no! I'm not giving you Jared Dudley. I'm not giving. I'm not, I don't want that one actually. But <laughs> he's two for two. He was two for two uh, the other night. Get the fuck out of here! I mean, he's 100 percent this year, so I guess it counts. But no, nah, I'm playing. But like, no, honestly though, like I think you got to leave the Lakers time. I'm not like you. You seen in Miami? There was like through four, 30 games, they were still adjusting. In Cleveland, yeah. the same thing. Like. You know, you know that what LeBron's mindset is. LeBron's mindset is to get this right, fix this situation, figure it out. New coaching staff, new rotations, all that, and just be ready come playoff time. Like I'm not giving him that excuse right now, but especially with Kuzma out and his first real game with AD, it's like especially think about the fact that it's not just their first game with AD. Like they didn't give them a layup of a game. Like they had to play the one of the best teams in the NBA off like off the jump with like a brand new team and supporting the cast. So I like it was impressive from the Clippers, but like I kind of expected that, especially considering the circumstances that. LeBron and AD were under, for sure. Um, I, I, look, I get that. I know there's going to be growing pains for, for both teams, and especially for the Lakers, just because they have a lot of missing pieces. Right. But I was seeing past that, and I was, you know, foreshadowing to the future, and I think they're still going to have trouble. I don't think Kuzma, you know, Kuzma's not a dead-eyed three-point shooter, and they only have one real – spot up three point shooter and that's Danny Green. And and with a team like LeBron, I don't think that AD is going to be able to shoot at a high enough clip from three either because he's going to try and play down low and play that center position and I know they're going to try and stretch the floor and run a lot of pick and rolls with him and LeBron, but at the end of the day a lot of pick and pops too. But at the end of the day I don't think he's going to shoot at a right, high enough. Right, how many clip. how many shooters do you think they really need cuz they have they have three legitimate shooters already. And I don't think Quinn Cook is – like, he's not a no, – bro, you can't Quinn count on not, Quinn no. Cook. Quinn Cook is not – bro, Quinn Cook is not like – But you can't bro, count you can't on him. That, he's bro, not like – he's not a guy that you're like, okay, he's a three-point – He is. You, like, he's yeah, a three-point You can player. say that about Quinn Cook, bro. No. Bro, did Quinn, what did he shoot? What did he shoot last year? But you've seen Quinn Cook hit threes on the biggest stages. Same thing with Danny Green. Like, What did playoffs. Quinn Cook shoot – What did he shoot last year? Do I have to pull a basketball reference for this one? Is that what I have to do? I bet Quinn. I'm doing Quinn. it right now. I'm t- I'm doing it as well. For his career, he's shooting forty one percent from three, which is very good. So <laughs> that's that. You just thank you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Where do you see forty one percent? I don't. First career shooting forty one percent, forty one point four. 
No, I'm talking about last year. Oh, what do you mean? The career's a bigger sample size. He shot 40% from three last year. The year before that, 42. Yo, why is this not popping exactly. up? Oh, don't worry. I got here we go. Oh, here we go. Here, no, no, it is. 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 No, he oh. shot 40s. That's his field goal percentage, no, dummy. not, bro. Oh, no. He shot 40. He exactly. shot 40%. Exactly. So 40. I'd say for his career, he's 41%. Oh, okay. So they have three. Yeah, three, and then three, the previous three. year, previous year, he did shoot 44. Exactly. So they have three pretty but good. But on how many attempts, though? But how many attempts? Though? Two or three attempts? Come on. That's not a lot of attempts per game, yeah, how, bro. Exactly. But how many things he can be shooting now? You think he would be shooting eight a game? No. He's going to at least have to shoot – but, bro, if he's going to be, like, an actual asset to the team, he's going to have to at least shoot, like, six a game. And he'll make three. Not and he'll make two, two or three. three. And he did that on the Golden State Warriors where he was getting wide-open looks because everybody else was getting bro, doubled. Le- so the numbers are skewed. Yes, but you're not going to get wide-open looks with LeBron and AD? Come on, man. Exactly. Bro. All right, bro. He's not going to get – bro – First off, nobody's gonna be covering AD crazy and hovering over Bro, him when, at the three-point line. When you throw him line. in the paint and they crash to double, and Quinn Cook is wide open in the corner, that shit is cash, and that's all I know. <laughs> that's all that's gonna happen. I'm not, I'm not saying he's gonna pull up threes like Steph. I'm saying he's gonna get some wide open threes, and he's going to make them. All right, Everyone we'll see. who's a Lakers fan or a Bron fan, and- y'all need to relax. Y'all be fine. Don't worry about one game. They should be worried, but anyway. Moving on, let's go to the next game, bro. The next game. So we talking about so that was one like Tuesday was kind of slow. Um we're moving into Wednesday. We had a full slate of games, full slate of action. Most of the teams have played by the end of Wednesday. And the first game we gotta hey. look at, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves at the the Brooklyn Nets or the corny New Jersey Nets. Um and this game was actually very interesting. I'll keep an eye on You're such a I'm hater. hater. You're I'm such a hater. hater. I was rooting hard against them this game, I'm not gonna flex. Because what's it called? Um, so what's it called? We got the first game at Barclays with the new with the new squad, the new court. Um, yo, that court actually looks weird, but look I also weird. like it. It's weird. Like I feel, I feel like I didn't like it, but I did like it. I had mixed feelings. Yeah, it looked it did look kind of weird. I mean, they introduced KD pregame in street clothes, and you it wasn't that loud in there. I didn't think they showed him enough love, but that's that's me. Um, and then the game that's because they don't really like KD. I, yeah, I, uh, Brooklyn fans are. They're not okay. I don't even want to do that. But Brooklyn fans to me are not real fans because that team just got there, and they acting like and you you can't have a real fan support. Like it's been they be trying to hype up the marketing thing and like I'm hat like it's cool that there's there's another team in New York and this team is really good. Like that's cool. But like they that if they were here for like a long amount of time to make it like you just feel like they're taking your thunder. You feel they're not. That's a thing. That's my point. But they did. They did. They didn't. Bro, how did you – no, 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 but here's the weirdest thing. How did an iconic franchise and an iconic fan base like the Knicks right. get outbidded for one of the because best players in the league? He said it himself. The Knicks, the, Knicks young players, the, on the, the, Knicks, the Knicks young players weren't ready. It wasn't about the franchise. It was about the personnel. It was about the franchise. About the personnel, bro. KD said it himself. He said the, the Nets young players – but the personnel is a piece of the franchise. Right. What you're not understanding is James Dolan has honey dicked the fuck out oh, of you guys and has made it so that easiest. you can't. You can't. Talking about James Dolan is the easiest, corniest, most outdated shit I've ever heard in my life. And everyone likes to bring it up, but nobody talks about what, what players actually feel about James Dolan. None of that. Every, every player who's played for the Knicks loves James Dolan. So I don't know where this narrative is coming from. Like, the media likes to use that one because it's old. Because he does a horrendous job at getting talent. Yeah, that's not his job, bro. He's an owner. 
He was. He, I'm talking about coaching, and I'm talking bro, about GMs. Okay. I mean, all right, if you if you thought right, if you're if you're if you're an owner and you hire Phil Jackson, Isaiah Thomas, etc., basketball legends to come in and run your franchise, you would think they would come in there and shit the bed like that? No, you wouldn't think that. Yes, because not every player is just deemed as being a good exec. Phil Jackson? Phil Jackson? You thought that was going to blow up like that? No. Please don't say... Come on. I didn't think it was going to work phenomenally because I knew Phil was fucking his ways. And he was past his time. I guess guess you're the only person... You're the only person who saw that one coming, man. I don't know, bro. I'm not saying I saw that major demise coming. I'm not going to say that I foresaw that. But what I'm saying is that I didn't... I didn't... Totally think that it was gonna work. I'm at all. I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying, blaming James Dolan is real easy to do. Anywho, let's get into the real basketball action. And the Brooklyn Nets dropped to own one. Um, first of all, Carl Anthony Towns is phenomenal. Stuff in the stat sheet is per usual. I mean, hopefully Minnesota can be competitive this year because like he gets a lot of shit for being soft and whatever and not winning, but he consistently puts up the stat number and I feel like he usually doesn't have the help there. But Robert Covington had a good he game soft, too. Bro. He is soft, but I mean, okay, thank you. I, I didn't want no, you to know no, that he is soft, but you can't deny the production he puts up. And that that franchise losing is not on him. He's holding up his end of the bargain on the court. Um, I think, bro, he went seven. He went seven of eleven from three yeah. pointers. That was actually really that. I, I when I saw that stat, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Teague played. Teague played well. Uh, Wiggins was bad again. Covington was good. Um, but the real story of that game was Kyrie, like. He did something that people have, like, that only, like, four people in NBA history have done, um, scored 50 points with no turnovers, which was insane. He had, what, eight assists, seven rebounds. He, he was carrying that team that whole game. And then Lavert and then when he started stepping, stepping up in the second half, and they brought they brought them all the way back. And then Kyrie, I bet y'all seen the highlights by now, that crazy, like, Kyrie slipped, did a crazy dribble move, got up, and they got a That was like a hoop mixtape move, bro. bro. If he hit that. I, I, I'm a hater, but, like, bro, I love watching Kyrie play basketball, and I just – I like, like, a cool moment. Like, Barclays would have erupted if that would – that would have been cool. Like, especially in that first game, that would have been amazing. Kyrie is, like, your typical hoop. Like, mm-hmm. like he's, like, your – he's, like, your, your street hooper who, like, does all this crazy shit and, like, gets the crowd going and is, like, the most exciting ISO player to, like, watch. Mm-hmm. Probably behind, like – James Harden and he's just and I think what makes it even better is that he's so small and is yeah. still able to lay the ball up so strongly against bigger defenders. I think that's that's one of his best traits and and the way he contorts his body as well. Right. Like it's just it, it's insane. Um but I I I agree with you. I think um this was a weird game. Like it was just like two poor teams playing against each other. Personally, I think there was. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, bro. There wasn't a lot of defense either. But no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Like, I just think that that game is gonna be a microcosm of the next season. In all honesty, like, Kyrie went. What Kyrie, Kyrie went to do nuts. everything? And yeah, he had 50, and like, and like they got help eventually, but like they didn't have enough support to win that game. So I think that's gonna be like the story of their season. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I think that they have to grow chemistry too, just like the Lakers. So you got to give them time as well. But a lot of people don't have them as high this year. I think they're just – people a lot of look like they're just waiting for KD to come back. I mean, I think they could be better than yeah. that, but we'll see how the chemistry goes. Because I, I, I like what Kenny Atkinson can do. But now we'll transition to the next big game. This game was uh, ESPN televised. I know Billy was tweeting about that. Ah. I was on my timeline. I saw Matisse Thibault put up two points, so that was nice. Um, Actually, he hit a three, <laughs> you asshole. 
He hit a fucking three. And he threw a party, right? Like Ben Simmons? Yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael. You don't know. No, no, no. Don't do that. My fault. Don't right, do that. Right, we, we, I know you. Lo- I know you love your sixties. I know you got an in-depth analysis for all of us. But try to, try, we only. We only got. We don't got that much time. We don't got four hours for you to talk about. Uh, I know. I know. I'm gonna make it quick. Okay. Since you wanted to talk about my guy, and, and shake Jesus Christ. Well, Shake didn't even get in. I good. thought. I, no, it's not good. No, but Matisse played pretty well, um, especially on um on Kemba Walker. Now, in the beginning of the game, he did have some trouble. Kemba did catch up a few times um and and got fouls called on him, but they were playing they were calling very ticky-tack fouls this whole game. They caught a lot of fouls. It was it was a very poorly officiated game, but nonetheless, Matisse Thibault played very good on ball defense and I, I I don't think there's a player that he can't guard. Like he was you know, Kemba is a quick guard. Like he's very elusive and and I'm not shifty. impressed with Kemba Walker, bro. But what, but bro, what I'm saying is he's able to. He's a bigger guard, bro. I mean, he's a he's like a, a small. He's guard. a sh- okay. Kemba Walker is a small <laughs> guard, but Thibel is like a bigger right, guard. Right, he's a right, big guy, right? But he was still able to stay in front of him, and even when he wasn't able to stay in front of him, he was able to. He blocked him from behind, bro. Blocked him from behind. You know how hard that's hard to do in the NBA without fouling, and especially the way they were calling the game. And he didn't get called I mean, for the foul there. Like it was, it was, it was impressive. But if I, if I may on. interject really quickly, go ahead. I do know a defender who um who put who put Kemba on clamps on a very big stage. Um, it would be the the FIBA World Cup, and his name is Frank Nilakina. So remember that name. God. Oh my God! Better, oh better my God. than the piece But uh, interjection of the of the Knicks for no apparent reason. But anyway, back to my Sixers <laughs> and their one hundred seven win over the Boston Celtics. Um, I'm not taking this win. We this is what we are supposed to do. We're a better team than them. Um, but what I will take away from this game is that I'm very somewhat concerned about the way we shot the ball. We shot the three point ball horrendously. Um, and I think Tobias Harris has to play better. And Josh Richardson, they have to shoot better. Josh Richardson, 0 for 4 from three-point range. Tobias Harris, 2 for 5. Like, that's something that can't happen. And what I think um, was a problem when Fortcon Kortmaz went into the game, and I, and I will say this, Fortcon Kortmaz played phenomenally, like, last night. He he played very well, and he showed me a lot. He was not – he didn't seem too much uh, uh, as, like, a liability on the defensive end, which he has been in past seasons. Um, and – Unfortunately, his teammates did not get him the ball in enough time. Like they weren't able to find him the ball in scoring situations. He was open on the wing several times on several occasions. They just didn't get it to him. And he's gonna be a he's gonna be one of the key shooters for this team. And they gotta find a way to get the ball to him. But Ben Simmons played magnificently. Just that that finger roll off the off with the right hand off the like a kiss off the glass was just beautiful. He controlled the game. He dominated the game. He did everything that I wanted to see except, you know, shoot a three. But he didn't need to. But I think that Ben's going to do that. Ben's not going to shoot the ball. He's not going to shoot the ball just to shoot the ball. He likes to play um, a high-level version of basketball. He likes to be very efficient. And he knows that he's not a great shooter, so he's not going to force it. But I think he does realize when teams leave him open and they try to shut down his driving ability that he will eventually start to shoot that mid-range and three-point shot. Uh, and Bede, he played well. He only had to play 23 minutes, which was great. Um, and I love to see that that back and forth with Al Horford. And I just love to see 
my team actually be able to cover on the perimeter. You know, people were judging the Sixers on how bad the three-point shooting was and talking about how much they missed J.J. Redick. Fuck no. I didn't miss J.J. Redick because I was tired of seeing J.J. hit a three and then let some guy drive right past him in, in transition <laughs> defense. Like, that was pissing me off. So I was glad to actually see that my that I had a team that was able to stop the perimeter defense and could stop uh, and had shot blockers down low. So it was great. It gave the Celtics um, troubles. And it was... I, I thought that the Celtics, now moving on to the Celtics, um, you know, Tatum looked a little shaky. Jalen Brown looked very shaky. He got into foul trouble no, really early. The fact, the fact that they're paying that man that much money is absurd to me. Yeah, they're stupid. Well, they have to, though, but that's the thing. They no, have but to. They don't. Nobody, they, but they do because there's geez. nobody else coming into free agency. There's no up and rising. Everybody's out. Everybody's already signed to long-term deals. Look, and Jalen Brown, they have they had to give him the money. And that's what happens when you don't get a big-name player and when you let Kyrie leave. But the thing the thing is for me is that people were ready and eager to clown the Knicks this offseason, right? I'm not saying the Knicks had an amazing offseason, right? But, yeah, bro, the, the Nets – I mean, not the Nets. The Celtics, bro – the fact, the fact of what they, of how they mismanaged the assets they had, and were let like Danny Ainge went scot free in doing so, is kind of ridiculous to me. Like you had all those first round picks, everyone's talking about what you can do, what you can maneuver, who you can trade for, this, that, and the other, and then you let Kyrie walk for nothing. You signed Jalen Brown to that big contract. You don't use those picks to trade for anything and make those assets turn into something. I mean, I'm not, I'm not down on the Celtics. I think that they need time to develop too. I mean, I think that last year really threw a wrench into their development of those young players. So I think yeah. this year will be different. And I think the Sixers have the same. Like they need to, they need time to to gel and bond as well. Because um, Tobias has only been there since the All Star break. It's not like he's been there for a long term. Especially when you're adding um, Richardson and Horford, there's a whole new readjustment period for everybody. Um, I think the same thing goes with the Celtics. Like Hayward played well in a more elevated role last night. Um, so I think like. It, like there's a there's a we have to take all these games with a grain of salt and we because we don't know who these teams really are until maybe like Christmas to be honest with you, so I think like from both perspectives I think that it's encouraging for the Sixers um I think that like the shooting will come we know Tobias can shoot like Cork Mavs we know he can shoot like those things will come um I think Boston's case like there's no reason to sound the alarms early like it's game one <laughs> it's eighty one to go um, yeah and that's you like, know what. And sorry, I didn't mean to interject, but you know what else? I think that if the Celtics make a trade somehow, some way, and they get like a Steven Adams from OKC, that could change that no, could change they, the trajectory of the other team drastically. They need they need a center who can rebound and play defense because yep. Cantor's like, not gonna do it. Cantor, okay, bro. Cantor, the thing the thing like I was arguing with people about this because people used to tell me that Cantor was good. And like if you look at if you don't watch the games, look at a box score, sure, Cantor's good because it gets you your boards and your points, right? But on a pick and roll, you put him in a pick and roll against anybody who's getting fried. Like every there was time. a joke that, that that Devin Booker said that every that all game they would just say run pick and roll a double zero, and that's not a joke. Like he can't defend <laughs> anybody open for it. Like sure, we're gonna rebound and like I'll put back. Like he's a good rebounder. I'm not gonna take that away from him. But like his offensive game is all putbacks and like low post stuff, and that's outdated. And defensively, he's a liability. So I think like if I think the Celtics are better off with a Robert Williams, a shot blocker, a, a athletic big rim roller, that kind of player than they are with Canner. But I think getting a certified player like Steven Adams could be a big thing for them. But yeah, that's right. I, I totally agree. We'll see how that goes with them. Um, and then we're going to transition to a different game. I'm a, Billy got his time to talk about his team, so now it's my turn. Um, I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, who cares? It's the Knicks. If you spent two minutes talking about the Knicks, I, will, bro, I can talk about the Knicks for an hour because you're, you're, <laughs> you're goofy for that. So let's talk about my New York Knicks. Um, they they exactly. they went on the road. Killed by the Spurs. 
You, you didn't watch the game. If you're saying that, you didn't watch the game. Here's what happened. I'll give you a quick rundown for y'all who didn't watch it. The Knicks went on the road, game one of their season, to take on um, Pop and the Spurs down in uh, San Antonio. In the first half, they was really sloppy. They got down by 16 at one point. And then the third quarter comes around. I mean, they, they, the, the, I think the whole the second quarter you played pretty well, too. I think the second quarter you played pretty well. And then the third quarter you yeah, played. They did, they did, for sure. And then the fourth I mean, quarter the, you the played thing, like trash. You played like yeah. pretty bullshit. Dude, the thing, the thing is with the whole storyline with this team right now is that they – like everyone, every other position is kind of solidified right now, but they just have – they're struggling to find a, a real point guard. Um, I'm not a fan of Dennis Smith Jr. I'm really not. Like, he, <laughs> I actually he, liked him coming me, out of the draft. I don't know why, but I did. To me, he's a glorified dunker. Like, he 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 don't have a jump shot. Like, he doesn't play make. He needs a ball in his hand all the time. Like, I think that if we're, if we're being like completely serious, the Knicks the Knicks don't have like that top end talent, but they have a lot of depth. So I think that like when you have a Julius Randle right and a and a Marcus Morris and like so far RJ has been able to show that he's been scoring. I don't know how like obviously like. Things change for rookies, but like you know that Morris and Randall are legitimate scorers. Like you don't need that point guard to be having to score. Like you just need like they brought in. That's what happened. They bring in Alfred Payton. I was about to say that. I I think that maybe Alfred Payton should get the start and that he should be right off. No, he's definitely starting on Friday. He's definitely starting tomorrow against the Nets. I hope so. But like he came in the game, he had 11 points. That's not what we're worried about. But he had eight assists and like five steals. So he was sparking the defense, getting out transition. The thing with the Knicks over the last couple of years is that the reason that they've been so bad is that their defense has been terrible. But they forced like 21 turnovers against the Spurs, who were usually who were last in the league and turning the ball over last year. So that means they were the most protective of the ball. So I mean, the defensive tenacity, especially with Mitchell Robinson out, was very impressive to me. Um, and even the fact that Randall had 25, 11, and five, which is very good. Marcus Morris had 26, and RJ had 21. And <sighs> I know you try, you try to say RJ's ass. You keep telling me that. I don't. I haven't. He hasn't shown me anything yet in the pros to show me that he's ass. But he he put up 21 points. Um, it's the highest scoring. I'm not debut saying he's ass. By, by someone of his age since LeBron James, which is impressive to me. It's not, it's also the efficiency at which he scored. He was nine of 13 last night. Um, especially in the game where they started him at point guard, which was very weird to me. Um, and just threw him into the fire in his first NBA game, and he did pretty well. Guard. He's not, he's a, not point a point guard. guard. He's a good playmaker, though, but he's not a point guard. Exactly, but because he, he makes poor decisions. No, no, for sure. He doesn't make poor decisions. He didn't turn the ball over. I'm he say, didn't, I'm like, saying, he played well. I'm saying for the majority I, and his trajectory and what he normally does and his tendencies is he makes poor decisions in crunch time. And as a point guard – you have to be able to make I mean, the best I think, decisions in crunch time, and I just don't think he does that well. I'm not, especially I'm not putting go, too much weight. Especially when you go back to college and you look at him in crunch time games. I'm not putting too much, that's what I was going to say. I'm not putting too much weight in what he did at college because that situation, like we, we can look at Duke and see what they have, but at the same time we can also acknowledge that Zion was out for half of the year, and when Zion was out, RJ was, was first forced to play that point guard role and elevated. And also just think about the fact that that team – the thing, the reason why RJ struggled in college so much is that his he's as we've seen in the NBA, he gets to the basket anytime he wants, even against grown men, right? So when you put him on a smaller court with with the worst three point shooting team in the NBA in, the, in college basketball, obviously that's going to hinder what he does because you can just crash the paint on him. And when you kick out, the guys are not making shots. But I think in an NBA environment where you have to respect everyone's jump shot for the most part, like he's been thriving. So I think that, like he he. I'm not saying he's going to continue this all year, but that was very impressive to see, especially in your first NBA game he's that you fit in. He's not going to continue um, this all year. And I, I get what you're saying, but I think that's false. I think that um, teams just haven't – they don't have a lot of tape on him right now. They're filling him out. They're seeing what he does. They're seeing what he doesn't do well, and they're going to adjust. And by maybe I mean, the I think, 15th 
by the 10 or 15th game of the season, he's going to start trending downward, and he's going to start turning the ball over a lot. Uh, how many turnovers did he have last night? He had three turnovers. He'll probably start having four, four or five turnovers a game. I mean, easily. I mean, we can we can project that, but you you also project that Ben Simmons has a jump shot, so we'll see how your predictions go. Right, and I was correct, um, right? He hit a three. You, so. You're not, bro. You talk about a guy. All right, I'm not doing this. All right, bro. <laughs> anywho, anywho, he hit anywho, a three. Anywho. Mike, he hit a anywho. fucking <laughs> three. Good, 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 good. And RJ can't shoot, and he hit what? He hit a three as well. So RJ can't anybody. shoot. No, he can shoot. Okay, but Ben Simmons can't. Please, please, He can shoot a little right, bit. Anywho, anywho, this is a big rabbit hole that I don't want to. I don't want to deal with right now because. Ar- arguing with the ignorant will get you nowhere. <laughs> Anywho, the, the, the Knicks, what happened in that game? The Knicks made a run, got back in that game, fueled by their defense. We're up, we're up by six with eight minutes left, and the Spurs entered with an 18-0 run that put the nail in the coffin. Um, I mean, it's to be expected. Like, they, they, they have nine new players in their team. Like, they haven't been together. I think, Spur- like, you know the Spurs are. They're steady, consistent. Like, they've seen it all before, especially with Pop at the helm. They're going to be able to weather the storms. I mean, I think that putting up the fight they did in their first game together on the road against Pop, I, I'm, I'm, I, it was a disappointing loss, but I'm, I'm used to taking moral victories for <laughs> watching the Knicks play. So that was, um, that, I think overall, I'm encouraged by what they see, what I saw last night. Um, and um, I don't know. I felt indifferent about the Knicks. You know, I felt the Knicks were the Knicks. I mean, I feel like it's different for you when, when you're not watching them. Like, but when you sat there and watched a 17 win team last year. You can tell you can tell the difference <laughs> from nonsense when they're feeding you garbage to when True. they're a competent basketball team. So having that is a step in the right direction for me, and that's all I'm worried about right now. No, I hear that, but I I want to focus more on the Spurs. Uh, I think it was just very interesting. You look at the stat line, you look at um, what occurred in this game. Uh, Trey Lyles played, you know, pretty well. He had 11 uh, rebounds, eight points. You know, solid. You know, coming to a new team and and uh, you know. You know, that's what you normally see from a guy like that who enters onto a pop team. You know, he finds his niche and he plays it well. Um, and then LaMarcus Aldridge had his way 22 points. He was a minus three, um, but, you know, honestly, he was eight for five. Yeah, for sure. No, honestly, Aldridge, watching the game, like I watched the whole game, of course, um, Aldridge wasn't that good. Like, all of his points came in the fourth quarter on, like, fouls and, like, little, like, well, like he only went to the free throw line five five times. And he had, well, I mean, yeah, but a lot of his points were like putbacks and stuff like that. They weren't like classic Lamarcus Aldridge fadeaways and stuff like that. Um, uh, the Rosen really struggled, which was yeah. I'm looking at that now. He why, went three for ten why, and over one, which is why I think the Knicks were in the game for a long time because the Rosen was really struggling. But Dejounte Murray, Murray. Mm, was, seven for ten. But the thing, then it's that that like we all knew De- De- and uh, De- six De- and eighteen. Bro, we all knew Dejounte Murray could defend, but. The way he was attacking the rim using his wingspan finally was very impressive to me. And the other player who played very well for the Spurs was Bryn Forbes. He was just yeah, every time the Knicks made a run, Bryn Forbes was just knocked down a three. And it, it was like, especially in the fourth quarter, there was a stretch where, like, during that the midst of that run, where uh, Bryn Forbes and Dejounte Murray had back to back threes, and that was kind of the, the the knockout blow for the Spurs. So I mean, the Spurs looked pretty good. Um, I, I, like considering the fact that the but they won in Spurs fashion, like you could tell, right. like they took a lot of mid range shots, and right. like that's that's just what they do. I mean, the Pop doesn't the love they're... throwing the threes up that much. He likes getting a good shot, and you I you, mean, could, you yeah. can see in the stat line, it's just there. Honestly, the reason like I had a little bit of problem with the refs, like I'm not going to complain too much, but like the the Spurs shot double the free throws the Knicks did, and there was a lot of like calls that could have gone either way, a few missed calls here and there, but that's basketball. I'm not going to really complain yeah. about it, but. 
when it, shit when, happens. When you're when you're in a game like that, especially considering the fact that you got out rebounded by like 15 rebounds and you got and the other team shot like double the free throws you shot and you only lose by that margin, like that I guess that's not, it's not, it could be worse. I, I feel like that's going to be the narrative of this Knicks team. They only lost by this much. I mean, bro, it's I mean, <laughs> when you're a, when you're in a rebuild though, like you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Like you got to understand the Trust me, I know. I've been through a rebuild. Right. Right. Oh yeah, I know exactly. So this is only like year two for the Knicks. So like, I'm not, I'm not expecting the world. Like, I just want to see. Is it only year two, or is this year like ten? It's not. I don't know. It's not, bro. Because what they traded, bro? They traded Melo two years ago. Then KP no, got hurt. Longer than ten, two years ago, bro. Two thousand? No, bro. It was that was, bro? That was freshman year of college. Then they traded Melo. Bro, Melo played. Melo didn't play last year. Played. For the Rockets, played for bro. I'm telling you, I was a freshman in college when they traded Carmelo Anthony. So that's two years ago, and then KP got hurt that same year, and that so yeah, it's like year two, because then they trade everybody away and they got the cap space. So it's year two. It really wasn't that long ago. It might be year three, but all right. Either way, it wasn't that long ago. Well, I was being facetious. I knew it wasn't ten years, but you know, I understand. But it, it, it's been, if we're being real, it's been twenty. So. Knicks have sucked ass since I've been alive, but exactly here and over there. That, that was my um, point. <laughs> trust the process. Trust the process. Anyway, stop. Do not take our shit. Do not take our shit. <laughs> then the the next most intriguing game we saw was Denver. Uh, was that on the road? They went on the road and beat Portland. Um, yeah, man. I think the that thing that a, I saw the I saw like the ending was, of this game. All right. The thing the thing that stuck out to me the most was that no one for Denver really went crazy. And they still won like very comfortably. Like Jokic had I think, twenty. I think Lillard had like a quiet thirty-two. Like he yeah. had thirty-two, but it was quiet as fuck. Yeah, but the question, the, the question for the Portland, we, we already knew was who's going to be that third player and step up. I mean, it's. I think it's going to go night to night. Like I don't think like Whiteside played amazing. He had six. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was about to say boys, <laughs> which is absurd. Like if he can keep that up, that's very impressive. But, but CJ fucked him over. He went f- five for eighteen. Right. Right, exactly. And, like, that's not going to happen on a normal night. On a normal night with normal production, I think you'd say that Portland wins that game. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're gonna, they're going to look a lot towards, like, Rodney Hood and players like that to step up. Um, but look at the bench play. The bench play was right. just piss poor. Because Zonia was terrible. Anfrey uh, Simmons was not that good. Bazemore was bad. Rodney Hood was okay. He started, but he was okay. I mean, I think that the real question, they're going to need to – Make a move at some point. Um, Colin Cowherd said something interesting today. He said that they'll pro- since they have uh, Zach Collins and stuff like that, that they at some point they probably might look to trade Whiteside's contract for a wing play, which I think would be a, a really good pickup for them. Um, I think because they they just need that score, third scoring option that they can they can afford to give Dame and CJ a rest because once they have that, I think I think they'll be they'll be straight. But um, and Denver like Jamal Murray was quiet. Um, Will Barton stepped up like we've seen him do over the years. He didn't shoot efficiently, but he he put the points up. We know Millsap is just solid all around. Um, it was really and, the Joker though. The really, the Joker took right. took that game over and really put it away for them. Um, right. And I think I think Murray played well. You know, when you look at the stat line, it's nothing crazy. It doesn't you know you know it doesn't really uh, catch your eye. But when you watched him play and you watched. Um, how he set guys up and how efficiently he played. I think he did his. I, mean, I think he did a great job as a point guard. Right for sure. Um, and then that was Wednesday's. That was Wednesday's full slate of games. Um, about a lot of interesting matchups, potential playoff matchups, especially with like Philly, Boston, Denver, Portland, those kind of things. 
especially she was early in the morning. I mean, early, well, early in the morning, early in the season. But we can't really take too, like I said earlier, you can't really take too much from them yet. We got to let teams gel and figure everything out. Um, and then we transitioned into tonight, and there was only three games on tonight. Atlanta beat Detroit 117-100. Trey Young went off 38, 38 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 60% from three. Um, that doesn't excite me. It doesn't excite you because you're playing Detroit, but I mean, I think that we, we it's not like we haven't seen this before for Trey Young. It's not like the first time he did it. We, he did this a few times last year. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just, ah. the real the real question will be Cam Reddish over six. I'm, One I'm point. I want him to be good, but uh, he's not showing. Well, he had it, it, the problem with me with Cam is that he has every freaking tool in the book, and. It just, Bro, it's me here, it just doesn't connect. But he's young, though. We can't forget that right. he's still very young. It reminds me a lot of, like, Andrew Wiggins in a way, where, like, you have all the pieces, all the athleticism, all the, like, the build and everything. It doesn't look like he has that killer in him, which we'll see. It's, it's one game, but, like, even at Duke, like, we didn't really see it. So I'll give him a pass for now and see what happens. Yeah, he's um, still got some time. Andrew Wiggins was – and Andrew Wiggins was picked first overall and just didn't have any dog. Like, But Houston could be interesting. I mean, not Houston. Wow. Atlanta could be interesting this year. Um, uh, maybe if they, everything falls right, maybe an eight seed. We'll see. I'm just saying. Just keep an eye on them. Um, no. And then we had – yeah, no, whatever. But <laughs> we'll talk about the, the, the game that everyone is watching tonight, probably. The Milwaukee Bucks um, playing the Houston Rockets. And Giannis is, is up to the same thing, man. Triple-double. We already know what it is. They go to Houston. I mean, we already know Houston's going to have a learning curve, like the chemistry, all that. The, the thing that was interesting about this game, honestly, was the stat lines um, that we saw. And, like, the stat lines that we saw from Russ and Harden, you would think that the way it panned out, yeah. it would be the other way around. Exactly. I was just about to say that. <laughs> James Harden finished with 19 points, uh, 19 points, 14 assists, 7 rebounds, 7 turnovers on 2 of 13 shooting and 1 of 8 from 3, which is really not Harden. So we used to see him not shoot efficiently, but we're not used to putting up that low points and his shot really not falling at all. Like all his points basically came at the line. Um and then we see Westbrook puts up 24 points on 40% shooting, 42% from three, three of seven. Then he has 16 rebounds, seven assists, and only three turnovers, which is really weird. It's unlike, like, that's like unlike Westbrook. Right. That is just the polar. When you think of Westbrook, that's the polar opposite. <laughs> right. Stat line, I should say. Um, right. So that was very, like, that's very interesting to see. Like, obviously, like, they lost a close game to a team that's been together. We know what Giannis is. We know what the Bucks are for the most part. Like, they're not really any mo- new moving parts. So, obviously, it's going to be a learning curve. They lose a closed game. Like, Harden had a bad shooting night. It happens. Not, nothing to worry about. Just something to keep an eye on. Um, Peter, Stuck- Peter Stucker had a good game. Uh, five of eight from three, 17 points. He was a minus five, I mean, Aaron Gordon had a terrible night, too. Four of 19. So, these, these things are not going to carry over. So, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Austin Rivers had a bad night as well. So, we'll, we'll give it time with them. They they played pretty well um, overall, considering the circumstances, and only losing by six to the defending MVP and company. I, I'm not making a big deal about this too early in the season. Uh, I don't know. Um, I will. I, I know you're skeptical yeah, and looking for I'm a reason very, to to rip them already. No, 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 I'm skeptical for good reason. Um, but I will say I I do have to give Westbrook his credit because I'm one of his biggest critics, and um, for him to play as well as he did and have a positive plus minus 
I got to give that man. I got to give him to his credit. Uh, he played uh, phenomenally and was the reason why his team even had a chance uh, to really be in this game. Um, but, you know, when you look at the point differential uh, for each quarter, you know, they win the first quarter 30 to 23. Then they win the second quarter 36 to 27. And then when you fall off in the second half, that just can't happen. Um, Milwaukee goes 28 to, to their 21. And then in the fourth, Milwaukee literally takes over and goes 39 to their 24. Like that's just that that can't happen as a team. And you got to look to see where you're losing. For real, you can see it in their bench. Their bench didn't show up for them and didn't carry, um, didn't carry their offense. And so because they weren't able to carry that offense, it you know it hurt them. And, and you saw it in the second half. Uh, but you know, man, oh man, did Ante Dacumpo play his his heart out? Thirty points, thirteen rebounds, and eleven assists with a steal and only three turnovers. He was a plus eight. He shot two for five from the three point range, like eleven from seventeen from the field. Solid play. And then Brooke Lopez. Yeah, he only had eleven points, but he was a plus five. He shot four for nine from the field. He had three assists. He had five blocks. Like those are the type of things that matter uh in these types of games, especially when you got guys who love to drive and get to the basket in a Harden and a and uh and a Russell Westbrook. These guys uh, stepped up and played well. Um you know, it was nice to see, but you can see that. You know, this this Milwaukee team is going to play through Ante Dacumbo. He is going to be their leader, and then the guys around him are just going to play play their games. Uh, Bledsoe, he didn't have a great game, but, you know, they were able to hide that. Uh, Wesley Matthews played pretty well, had a nice 14 points. You don't like the two for eight, but, you know, you, look, guys are still getting to the swing of things. Guys are still trying to find the rhythm. You know, the three-point percentage, nobody's going to shoot well coming out the gate, uh, and you got to give these guys some time, so... Give, give them some time, and the numbers are going to start looking a little uh, normal and how they normally do shoot. But Milwaukee looks pretty good. Uh, they're scaring me a little bit. I, I, I still don't know about their 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 bench. I'm, I'm scared about it. Um, hopefully, it can work for them. Um, they do still have the Lopez brothers together, so that is an advantage. But Robin Lopez played like shit. Um, he, he was 1 for 3 and 0 for 2 from the 3-point range. It was a minus 4 and only 2 points. Uh, but you know th- th- that's just what I thought about uh, these teams. Look, Houston. I'm not really too worried about Houston, but it is kind of scary to see Harden play the way that he did. And their be- but I think their bench is going to play better. I think they have a very deep bench too. So um, just time will tell. Um, for sure. Like if you're a Houston fan, like I'm not. You you shouldn't be worried. Like there, there's not going to be many nights when when James Harden and Aaron and uh, Eric Gordon shoot. Six of thirty-two exactly. from the fields combined. That's not. That's not gonna happen. And you, if that, considering that, and you lose by six, like you're fine. Like don't worry about that. So, I mean, yeah, but like we, we, we covered all the games, the big games. The only game left on the schedule right now that we didn't cover, we got Golden State opening up at the Chase Center in San Francisco, down by eight right now to the Clippers. Um, but we'll see how that game turns out. Right now, it's almost it's it's halfway through the second quarter. And Steph and D'Angelo both have 10. And for the Clippers, Patrick Patterson has 8. Kawhi has 6. And Zubac has 8. And Lou Williams has leads them in scoring with 12. So there's a lot of basketball left to play there. Um, I, was, I like to see the end of that game and just see how both teams play down the stretch, especially yeah, Golden State. Uh, give a preview against a good team to see how they played this year. But with that being said, that's your, that's your recap of this week in the NBA. Um, 
we're I'm so glad basketball is back. Have real stuff to talk about. I can't wait for more story more storylines to come out. All that to see how teams turn out. Like as the season comes on, we'll have even more content for you. More recaps, power rankings, trade ideas, our thoughts uh, all around the league, stories within the league, on and off the court, every everything. So I'm just excited that basketball is back and we can start getting that kind of content on you. Yeah, man. I'm look. I'm excited basketball is back too. My Sixers played well. They won. So, you know, everything's good. I'm, you know, I feel good right now. You know, uh, my Sixers are definitely looking like they're going to go to the finals and probably win. So I'm kind of ecstatic right now. I don't know how it feels to to lose to the – Take everything with the grain of salt. I don't know what it feels Um, like right now to be a losing team and to be 0-1. I know what it feels like to be 1-0. I mean, half the league is yeah, on one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Guess what guess my team is. Guess what my team is. One and zero. So I don't know that feeling. Me. You know that feeling. You take. You take a minor. I'm victory. just saying. You know that. that I'm just saying. You, this is a feeling that you're going to get used to. Game. Is losing. Let, let's just be honest, bro. I've been used. to it. I'm a Knicks fan. I was born used to it. Don't. And that's the problem. Comfortable. I don't. I don't. My city's not used to losing. We don't lose in my city. Bro, you you started tanking. <laughs> Bro, what you t- you you created tanking, and if I remember, and we tanked correctly, correctly. You found what, a way to tank and and not get good players. I don't know. I, you mastered. RJ that. Barrett's pretty good. I mean, we, we, we were tanking. It RJ Barrett is is your guy. How about them Cowboys? Wow. So people are just haters. So this is what we do. So how about them Cowboys? But that's 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 a different podcast. And <laughs> that's different crazy. Sport. I mean, Billy will have a lot of will have a lot of basketball to watch when his Eagles are playing golf in January. He really tried um, to hurt my heart right there. That's crazy. That was petty <laughs> and uncalled for, Michael. Uncalled for. Uh, <laughs> how about them Cowboys? Oh man! But no, guys, thank you for listening to the pod this week. Uh, make sure you tune in uh, and make sure. Oh well, thank you for tuning in, but make sure. Uh, you're ready for next week's pod. We're coming in with more content. Uh, we might have a little trick up our sleeve for next week, um, some special content. So just be on the lookout. Beware. Make sure you follow our social media. My Instagram and my Twitter is at BillTrice31. Um, and you got my Twitter, DJSmoothie17, and my website, SmoothieSports.home.blog. So continue to check us out. We appreciate y'all. Have some new content for y'all next week. And go Knicks. Go Sixers! All right, yo, peace.